0: Welcome to Level Up, a podcast for independent artists navigating the Asian music industry. I'm your host, Giselle Ko. I'm a music journalist, the founder of Platform Asian Pop Weekly, and an all around mandopop nerd. <laughs> Join me in taking control of your career as an artist, and I'll show you how to make the most of it. Hi guys, and welcome back to yet another episode of the Level Up podcast. I'm really excited for this one because this episode is also on digital distribution, and it will be the last one in the digital distribution series. I hope all of these episodes have been really helpful for you in your artist journey, and also even for music business industry professionals who want to learn more about new markets, especially within Asia. I, yeah, I hope that they've been helpful. So, other than that though, um, this episode we're diving deep into yet another region in South, in Asia. Oh, I just gave it away. Another region in Asia, which I find really, really interesting. So, although I am born in Singapore and based here at the moment, my, area of focus has always skewed a little bit more towards the greater China music market but that's also why I decided to relocate to Singapore so that I could understand a little bit more about the Southeast Asian music landscape and how it interacts with um, the global music industry and also as, a, as local markets how much potential they have and what's different in those markets and from what I've learned so far, I feel like they are really, really interesting and diverse markets. So the biggest misconception, which we'll get into later, is that Southeast Asia is just like, oh, just one region. And that's it. Like the culture in this region is homogenous. But actually, that is completely untrue. All the different countries here have their own culture. They have their own, own history. They have their own politics. They have their own um, makeup heritage like, heritage and makeup. And that's what makes it, like, a lot more interesting um, than people necessarily perceive. Uh, So, yeah, I wanted to dive deep into the Southeast Asian music market today. And I've brought on my colleague and friend, Tim, uh, from Believe. He heads up our editorial and marketing partnerships team at Believe. And he is one of those people that you, (laughs) as artists, you probably want to know what's going on inside his head because he and his team are the ones who help to communicate your works to the DSPs. Tim has some really, really amazing insights about how the Southeast Asian music industry works and also about how artists can best market themselves in this digital space because although they're Everyone knows about TikTok, everyone knows about Spotify, blah, blah, blah. But I think the way people use these platforms in different regions are also different. And he gives a pretty good overview of exactly how at least artists in the Asian or Southeast Asian market should be um, trying to make an impact, which I think is really, really cool. So definitely, again... Don't forget to subscribe to our Patreon page. If you would like more resources and worksheets, we're definitely going to put the show notes for this episode up. And also, we're going to dive a little deeper into um, Tim's five-star um promotional plan for the DSPs so um, all this stuff is going to be available on our Patreon page under the level up tier. if you're interested please do subscribe and you can get access to all the previous worksheets we've done from the previous episodes and without further ado let's just get straight into the podcast. Hi Tim welcome to our podcast so I know that you used to work at Sony and now you're working at Believe hitting up our editorial and marketing partnerships team. Um, For the Southeast Asia region, but do you want to introduce yourself quickly?
1: Yeah, I mean, that's pretty much it, right?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Okay, sure.
1: So thank you for the introduction. But yeah, I mean, in short, I'm I'm Tim, Mm -hmm. and uh, I'm part of the uh, Editorial Marketing Partnerships team at Believe. Um, prior to this I was with Sony Music in Singapore and uh, a little while in wanna music in Singapore as well. Mm. so uh, that's me
0: Cool. Um, so I know obviously you're, you're head of editorial and marketing partnerships but what does that actually mean
1: um, Well editorial and marketing partnerships uh, do you want like the easy ex- you know the easy explanation or
0: you can give us the easy one, and then I want to go a little bit deeper. All right, sure. Yeah. So
1: what we do is we basically tell your story to our partners. Okay. <laughs> That's what we do. All
0: right. Bring so it down. Uh,
1: um, well, it's it's basically um, uh, working with you guys, uh, with our you know, Artists and Labels uh, clients, to um, deliver the best release strategies across all music streaming platforms to increase um, editorial visibility, audience engagement, and... Um, Enhancing streams and revenues Mm -hmm. So yeah
0: So basically You deal with all the promotional resources From platforms that artists usually Want to get their hands on, right? Yes, that's
1: right So platforms deal with the promotional resources That platforms have
0: Alright, well I know that Um Definitely, this is done in every single region, so of course, there are artists everywhere who just want to get their hands on more promotional resources. But obviously, the Southeast Asian music market is pretty unique mm-hmm. for many different reasons. So, for example, it's even though it's called Southeast Asia, the whole of Southeast Asia is not just one country or one culture, it's composed of like many different languages, blah blah blah. So, how would you say this? Difference translates into the digital mu- music landscape overall.
1: Mm. I think you'll see it reflected more and more, um, especially now in the charts. Mm. So that's one way that you can you can look at it, especially in let's say a a, a country with uh, um, you know whose language is the, the main language is not English. Mm. So you'd see um, maybe a couple of years ago, ten, fifteen, twenty years ago, you'd see um, a lot of. English and international tracks In right. those charts But if you look at it now You'll see a hell of a lot Of, you know Domestic local. tracks Local Local tracks That are coming mm-hmm. up So that is true For most regions um, Around the world It's true Especially in Southeast Asia
0: Mm-hmm yeah. Mm-hmm. That's cool. So, basically, you've been seeing like a trend of change, right? And I think we've been seeing that across the board. And we talked about that in our interview with Jim, our head of Taiwan as well. Right. Where previously um, there were global superstars who were like just dominating the charts, be it Taiwan dominating the charts on Asia or like the American like American pop stars dominating. But right now we are seeing um, a shift to niche markets or just like local like local content right Mm -hmm. and i find that really interesting so um can you share because i know that um southeast asia is um made up of many different countries but can you share with us because some people don't even know what country southeast asia is made up of Mm -hmm. and like the different regions that are part of it that make up Um, key parts of the music industry so can you share a little bit about the different regions maybe which ones have high growth potential or might be interesting markets just overall
1: Uh, I think most markets are interesting markets in Southeast Asia Um, most of them also have high potentials for growth Mm -hmm. Um, it's not just one I guess in Southeast Asia if you talk about uh, slightly more mature developed markets in terms of music streaming you probably have maybe Singapore um, Malaysia Thailand Mm-hmm. I want to say um, But every You know I think To be very honest I think it would probably Just be Singapore If you were to Compare it with You know International Markets type of maturity Or the maturity Where international markets are at. Mm-hmm. Um, in this region Probably You know in Singapore would Kind of Be Comparable mm-hmm. um, It's just in terms of The um, the landscape Of the streaming market In the country itself
0: mm-hmm.
1: If that makes any sense
0: well, I also wanted to ask what do you mean by Singapore being like a mature streaming right, market? Okay. Is it based on the audience
1: yes, so on the audience size on on not really audience size, sorry. But more so in terms of The the level of technology The level of mm. internet penetration Mobile penetration right. uh, Streaming services have been here for a longer time Than most mm-hmm. uh, territories Therefore the consumers here are, are a little bit more mature in terms of They're aware of these things They're mm-hmm. used to subscription packages They're used to you know uh, uh, streaming services in general right. Whereas if you compare it to a market Like Laos
0: mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> Or like uh, maybe even a Vietnam Might not be that familiar with your spotify's your 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 Mm -hmm. apple music's and whatever
0: yeah but how much um how much value does maturity have because for example i know singapore is a very small market so given the fact that it is a mature market but it is also like a very small market how does a place like singapore um compare to maybe indonesia or philippines in terms of like a streaming market
1: uh, okay, so yeah. that's, if you if go all the way back, right, I guess a clearer kind of answer would be yes. They're very diverse. Uh, 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 I guess the, the main reason for that being that a lot of markets that we have here, a lot of countries, they have their own national language and mm-hmm. their own culture and they have a very strong sense of that, Yeah. right? So if you look at Indonesia, if you look at Thailand, nobody else in the world speaks Bahasa Indonesia and nobody else in the world speaks Thai. Nobody mm-hmm. else in the world speaks Vietnam, so they're very strong in that sense. Mm-hmm. Where they have a very um, strong base of, uh, I would say, creatives that um, mm-hmm. that you know, local local creatives uh, coming up with you know, local local tracks or local arts in general. I guess so. Mm-hmm. That's very strong in those markets, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think it's a new trend. I think it's always been there, right? Mm-hmm. But because of technology, that is making easily accessible for these guys to start, you know. I guess it's easier for them To have more exposure
0: mm-hmm.
1: So that's why You're starting to see um, A lot of local music That is coming up To the forefront I don't think It's a brand new trend Where people suddenly Like oh yeah You know I'm going to support My own artists From my own country mm-hmm. I think that's always Been around
0: mm-hmm.
1: Right But it's more so That right now You are able to see it Because technology In those countries Have caught up With mm-hmm. everywhere else
0: Okay I see I see Interesting Do you have Do you do you want to share about any other markets in Southeast Asia that might have um, high growth potential or in general you're just like all of them do?
1: I think most of them do All, of, if not all of them do but I think in particular you would be, say maybe Vietnam. Okay, why? A lot of interesting things um, in Vietnam uh, with regards to the music industry over the last year or two mm. or actually over the last couple of years already but yeah, um, I think now we're starting to see uh, really really big growth in terms of you know just the size of the market you know
0: oh okay because um they are you saying that because they're maturing and like a really fast pace okay yeah cool so obviously because of like the differences in languages blah 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 um the platforms that are doing well in each of the regions are also like a little bit different right Mm -hmm. so can you share a little bit about uh, some of the key platforms overall in the Southeast Asian market and obviously like some key ones for like, particular regions
1: Okay. So um, in Southeast Asia in terms of music streaming it's still an international um, um, platform, so mm-hmm. Spotify, YouTube, uh, Apple Music um, and then in Southeast Asia we do have uh, uh, local DSPs as well like uh, KK Box and Jukes although they're not everywhere in the region they are in most markets so those are, I, I would say, the local players uh, together with the international players in those markets. I uh, would say they might not be as huge in just terms of volumes as an international player, but they are equally important in local markets.
0: Mm-hmm. And why is why is that?
1: Well, um, local DSPs, most of the time they've started out there first before the international ones come in. Mm-hmm. They're also going after different audiences, I would say. Mm-hmm. So... Um, um, the trend that we've seen is that they tend to get behind more local artists than you know bigger DSPs.
0: Mm-hmm. And would you say that them getting behind the local artists helps to push them to like another level where those artists can potentially get more support from like the international DSPs, or is that another thing?
1: Um, I'm, I think it's a different. Topic or it's a different point. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Um, um, local artists meaning like they would go into. If we were talking about, you know, the US or something, Mm -hmm. um, and you know all the types of genres of music that come out from the US, right? Mm -hmm. So a bigger player would maybe go for the pop stuff,
0: right? Right. right,
1: The rock stuff. Okay. Bigger genres. The the other guys would go for really local stuff. So maybe. Mm -hmm. Mountain music
0: <laughs> Okay, okay <You>
1: know.
0: <laughs> I got it, I got it Okay, that's interesting And yeah, as you said I think that's definitely a trend we see um, So Because when we were discussing with um, Jim as well He was also saying the same thing about For example, KK Box in Taiwan mm-hmm. their, their listenership is very much focused on like Chinese music And specifically like Chinese ballad types of music But it's a little bit different in that Um, I guess it's maybe a culture thing because with Taiwan, it's like the KK Box, they are the ones who are focusing on like the real um, Mandarin pop stuff. Mm -hmm. Whereas Spotify and Apple Music are actually more interested in supporting like indie or like maybe um, alternative genres. But I think that's just because of the way the market's made up. And also like in overseas markets, things like R&B, hip hop, are all considered like mainstream Mm -hmm. whereas in Taiwan it's a little bit different so yeah um do you see that kind of um do you see any of any kind of genre divides between like the local DSPs and the international
1: I would say um you would have first have to you would have to look at the target audience of the DSP itself okay So, because they're going after this set of target audiences, that's why they want these artists and that's why they want these genres. That's Mm -hmm. why they want to showcase these genres to Mm -hmm. enhance their positioning and their branding, right? Mm -hmm. So, yeah.
0: So, for example, like... So, for
1: example, you know, in, in, let's say, um, in Indonesia, um, uh, uh, international players are doing it now. But prior to that, you know, a couple of years ago, you would probably only be able to get Dangdut on Baby Achooks. Mm. Whereas it will not be available on Spotify, right? Mm. But now I think it's it's it's, it's the, the, uh, the international players are starting to to realize the importance of the signs of local genres, local music, and you know, and they are making um, they are making stuff in the platforms to kind of cater to this
0: oh okay I see mm. I see and that's going to be like an increasing trend because like as the market continues to mature they're going to want more of it right Right. Right. okay right. interesting well definitely again that was still very much focused on like local but for example like for example say I have an indie artist who's interested in exporting their music they're not really necessarily from Southeast Asia maybe they might be from greater China or like Australia or US I don't know but so would you say for them that Southeast Asia is a viable option for like overseas expansion or not
1: I don't think there is a you know cookie cutter kind of yes or no yeah. I think it really depends on the type of music you do And the artist proposition that you have And whether that resonates mm-hmm. in the region, right? And if you, as we said, the region is so diverse That mm-hmm. it's not a, I'm targeting Southeast Asia Therefore yeah. I get seven countries Exactly am it that way mm-hmm. So, you know, treat every country in Southeast Asia as a country
0: mm-hmm.
1: Like, uh, you know, in, in any any country that you want to target You definitely have to have a sort of a plan to get into it
0: hmm
1: so I think that is something that you should definitely think about. Right. Is it a viable market? I think every market is a viable market. But if you have no plan to get into the market then it's not gonna be a viable market for you.
0: Right, right.
1: Even if you're talking about your whole market and if you don't have a plan, then it's not a viable market for you. <laughs> That's
0: true. Yeah. Well I yeah, I think first of all the big misconception is that oh like I just wanna target Southeast Asia. And then like but obviously as you said, you do have to have a plan. Um, for example, if we have an artist in, who is very invested in a particular genre, right. like rock music, right. is there a specific market in Southeast Asia that you would recommend them to target? Or again, is it just like you really need to understand the market before you go into it?
1: Yeah, you do. I think there are definitely nuances as well in between markets in terms of the genres that they prefer. Mm-hmm. So for example, in, tha- in Thailand, uh, indie music is their mainstream pop.
0: Mm, Okay.
1: Um, So, there you go. So, um, if you're talking about rock and metal, I don't think it's that big of a genre in Southeast Asia on the whole.
0: Mm -hmm. Uh,
1: There are definitely markets that are slightly more receptive to it. So, Indonesia. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Maybe a little bit of Malaysia and uh, probably Philippines. Okay. But yeah, I mean, Singapore, no. (laughs) Of course. (laughs) There you go. So, um, I don't know whether... um, else? Vietnam? I don't think so as well.
0: Doesn't seem like it to yeah.
1: me. I don't think so as well. So yeah, there you go. Indonesia probably, they still have quite a big scene mm-hmm. for, for rock music and for metal music, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah, there you go. You need to understand, uh, I guess, the different countries and what they kind of prefer and whether there's a viable market for your music in the first place.
0: Okay. but I, I mean, this is a bit off-topic, but I feel like, okay, understanding is one thing, but mm-hmm. where are these overseas artists going to get those resources to understand the market like what would be the first step to under- to understanding that market
1: yeah. well uh, 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 just a very very quick way you can just go on to charts.spotify.com find the, mm-hmm. <laughs> the country that's... that you want and then you can look at the songs there in the top 50 and then see if kind
0: yours of, kind of
1: you kind of have an idea of what the market wants right
0: yeah okay
1: and YouTube as well You know It's it's available Right mm-hmm. You can find In fact you could Probably find I don't know Maybe the The, 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 the country's uh, Recording association Chart
0: Something kind like of, that Something like that Some um, kind of I'm chart I'm
1: pretty sure You'll be able to find Those pretty easily
0: mm, Okay Good advice Good advice I never thought of that But yes Because um, that, that is a question That I get a lot yeah. From artists Who just have like No idea Where to start so actually the charts is a good place Mm. Um, okay so I do have another like specific question or trend that I wanted to pick your brain about Mm. so I see that there are a lot of Southeast Asian artists who are wanting to expand to the greater China market Right. Um, whereas actually sometimes like I get people telling me like they're not sure why because they do see like a really viable music market in Southeast Asia for them and they are from Southeast Asia Mm. like do you have any thoughts on this trend
1: uh, yeah I mean I can totally understand why if they were Mandarin mm-hmm. artists right doing Mandarin stuff yeah because if you talk about Mandarin language yeah it's it's pretty popular in Southeast Asia I guess mm-hmm. but it's not the main language right it's only the main mm. language for certain countries mm. so for Singapore for Malaysia yeah.
0: yeah
1: Thailand I don't know
0: I don't think Vietnam so. I don't
1: know <laughs> you know Philippines yeah. no yeah. So there you go, right? Um, and if you were a major artist, I totally understand why you would want to go into Greater China because those are the markets that speak the language that you Like literally,
0: speak. everyone is singing in that language. Right. And
1: and I think, yeah, I think that, 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 that that's my thoughts on it. That's what I think. I can totally understand why.
0: Mm-hmm. I think it's
1: a language thing. If you if you want to, you know, if your music is in Chinese,
0: mm-hmm.
1: then it's a no brainer that you should <laughs> target China. Right?
0: Yeah, I think it. Again, it comes back to another misconception that people have about um, the Southeast Asia market, especially people coming from the greater China region. Mm-hmm. They just see it as like Singapore, Malaysia, and then like a blur. Yeah. And then they just assume that that is the norm across the whole of Southeast Asia, yeah. when that's really not the case. No. Actually, in even in Malaysia, there is a sizable Chinese-speaking population, but they are not even the majority no. population, right? And yeah. in Singapore, yes, Chinese... Um, like people with Chinese heritage are the majority, but some of them can't even speak Chinese. I'm sorry. I don't know if that should go in the podcast, but like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, we yeah. we do have like a very diverse community here. So even though we are the majority, number one, we're still small. Number two, we're not the entirety of Singapore. So mm-hmm. yeah, it makes, to me, it makes total sense for them. If they want to reach a bigger market, if they want to find, Success in terms of skill then they need to go to where everyone is listening to Chinese music
1: yeah exactly right? man so I mean in case in point um, like JJ Lin
0: mm-hmm. I'm pretty
1: sure you're familiar with JJ Lin is pretty probably one of the biggest mando pop yeah acts whatever mm-hmm. so he's been in Malaysia he's been in Singapore when was the last time he was in Thailand or Vietnam or Indonesia I don't know I think you'll know better than me if he didn't go to the UK and the US
0: yeah lah because there's like Chinese diaspora populations there
1: that's the question right why and therefore from GC to here you don't see that that's why you're going to see from here to GC because there's no real market here for Chinese music right besides Singapore and Malaysia
0: right yeah Yeah. so even before Believe you worked at Sony and you coordinated many successful marketing campaigns both for Asian artists within the region and also for like international acts, right? Mm-hmm. Do you have any artists any, any advice for independent artists working with aggregators on how they can best communicate their plans?
1: Um, as early as possible and as comprehensive as possible as I said,
0: mm-hmm.
1: Any advice on communicating the plans right yeah. so in terms of just this is my plan, that's what I'm gonna do.
0: I guess. Yeah. Yeah, so Just make it yeah. as
1: comprehensive as possible okay. um, and then you should include every element of your promotion. Okay right So from how many posts I'm gonna do, what sort of posts they're gonna be, where they going to, which platforms they're going on and what am I doing on radio? what am I doing you know, press or TV or whatever any type of promotional activities around your release <clears throat> you playing any shows, you doing any interviews you getting any press coverage? Mm-hmm. Um, that's also very important um but i think all in all uh the communication of the plan should be as <laughs> as comprehensive and as complete as possible
0: okay right but my then my question is why does it have because i obviously i know that like i know usually when artists ask me like how much information should I put? How long should my bio be? Like, I just tell them, like, if you're unsure, just include as much information as possible. Mm -hmm. But why is that, like, a good technique to get, like, the DSPs to increase their chance of supporting you?
1: See, what we do in editorial marketing partnerships is we negotiate with these DSPs to get placements and to get features, right? Mm Mm-hmm. when you're speaking to a a, a, a big international DSP, you're not just up against your peers, right? You're up against the Justin Bieber's and Taylor Swift's Mm. of the world. So as much information as possible that we have equals to bullets that we can use to try and pitch your release for features because the more ammo we have, more chances you have as well, right? Mm. So if you just put in something with a one-liner that says... I was inspired by J Cho, that's why I wrote this track.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And that's the only piece of information you gave us. What do you expect?
0: <laughs> yeah, that's I true. Mean, I
1: mean, one piece of advice I would give is that s- streaming platforms are also businesses. Right. And everyone here is in a business, right? And there's, it doesn't make any sense for a business to go into a partnership with anybody if there is no benefit to the business. Mm. So, if you are coming up with any plans for any of these DSPs, I think you should put yourselves in their shoes as well, right? Why should I pick this artist from God knows where when I have an opportunity to feature, like, a you know, Justin Timberlake or something?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: What's the value behind that? So, I think that's something you really have to think about when you're crafting these plans.
0: Yeah, and I think, again, that goes back to, like, um, these artists who are wanting to level up, because, like, that's the name of the podcast, right? They should actually be looking at music not just as creative, but also as looking at the business side of it. Mm -hmm. And if, for example, you are an artist, you could also be considered, like, an entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. And if you are an entrepreneur who wants more visibility for your product, you want more sales, whatever, you need to pitch, right? Yeah. And DSPs is one of those partners that you can pitch yourself to, so you better make it count. Exactly. <laughs> right? Okay. Yeah. Good analogy. Yeah. yeah. Um, so you you did mention like as comprehensive as possible is best. Mm. Could you describe like an artist marketing or promotional plan or package that you would just give like five stars to?
1: I uh, recently came across one that Kara sent <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. for Ganga. Hi, Kara. <laughs> <laughs>
1: So yeah, I thought that was good Um, uh, uh, Basically, they covered all the elements of a promotional plan So they had, um, I think it was uh, uh, certain campaigns that they were doing during the entire period Mm -hmm. So they had teaser period, I think, uh, when the the track actually released And then um, post-release, there were plans as well Mm -hmm. And it was all part of a big campaign leading up to an album so I think it was at least a six months or a, a, almost a year kind of plan.
0: Whoa, that's a long plan.
1: So there you go. And each element also had um, specific plans for each platform that they were doing it with. So they had like different campaigns going on with different music platforms.
0: Oh wow! And this artist are they like really big?
1: Uh, yeah I think this okay. guy is just breaking out of Indonesia now so he's got very high hopes and I think he's, he's got a lot of potential so his name is Ganga mm-hmm. he's got this track called Blue Jeans. I think it was number one on the global Spotify viral charts
0: mm-hmm.
1: a couple of weeks ago
0: cool
1: so yeah very very exciting but I think that is the type of work that it takes right
0: yeah that's a lot of work though yeah. probably okay so last question um, from your point of view like what do you think? feel like it's the best thing artists can do for themselves when they're trying to increase their visibility, but in the earlier stages. Mm. Yeah. Because I know you said Ganga, but he's considered like already like growing pretty fast and he probably has a team behind him mm-hmm. to help him do all that kind of stuff. Right. So if you if you if you're thinking about like independent artists, what is your advice for like the best thing they can do?
1: Um I think for independent artists, you're probably on your own. Everything is DIY.
0: Yeah. So
1: that means you have zero team, nothing.
0: We, th- we just assume that, yeah.
1: Okay. Um, I think, first of all, you have to set up your channels correctly. So all your social media channels, right? Because when fans uh, think about you and when fans discover you, they would be searching on the internet. Who's mm-hmm. this guy and blah, blah, blah. So I think uh, your channels have to be optimized for sure.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, get them set up. You don't have to have all social media. just have a few that you really concentrate on. You will also have to have, you know, content that is maybe not musical related, but that showcases you as an artist, right? So Mm. when people look for you and when people search for you, they want to find out more about you. Mm. So what can you do to tell them your story?
0: Uh. So
1: that kind of content, that one you should be thinking about, you should be able, you should do it already and then those should be on your channels. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: So when your song comes out and people start looking for it, they will discover that kind of content and have a bigger connection there. Mm. So that's how you start Slowly growing your base Right mm-hmm. And I also think that um, Once your channels are optimized uh, Once you have enough content On your channels uh, That's interesting enough And you have a You know a, You're slowly growing That fan base In the organic way right? And then you just keep Consistently putting out releases And working on new music That's the way to go Don't I don't think You should be disheartened in, You know If you don't get any features Or whatever You just treat that As a build up of your catalog So that when something comes mm-hmm. <laughs> Everything is there
0: Mm-hmm. yeah yeah. Right.
1: so music in the music industry for as long as I've been in here nobody knows where a hit's going to come from mm. you can set up all you want a year two years in advance I've seen some plans and then when the album comes out it really flops
0: mm. and
1: I've seen some plans where it's just a, by the way
0: <laughs> can out, you go can
1: you go. check out this track man if you like it you like it if you don't you don't and then the next day boom number one viral hit somewhere and nobody really pushed for that as well but it mm-hmm. just came right mm-hmm. and then what what are you doing to capture the attention that you suddenly have now Right. So it will be a very wasted opportunity. if You have no content, nothing to tell your story on your artist channels. And then you have that song that blows up. And then when people are looking for you, like, who's this guy? Mm,
0: yeah. So it all comes down to two points, right? Storytelling and like making sure your process is right. Mm.
1: And like I said, there's no one cookie cutter way of telling your story because your story is unique, right? And if mm-hmm. you're trying to template somebody else's story, then... Yeah. Yeah. shouldn't be in this business I guess
0: (laughs) that's true I think everything that we talk about on this podcast is literally that's why we don't focus on things like specific strategies for Facebook or specific strategies for TikTok it's more about like the mindset like mindset strategies to help artists to grow because as you said there's no one way of doing things we're just trying to empower artists to find to, to have the resources to make their own decisions make their own calls plan their own strategy in a way that really suits themselves and their music. Someone once told me like, um, best his best advice for independent artists was like, learn to do as much as possible yourself.
1: Yeah, learn to do as much as possible yourself. I think the other thing is do not neglect your bass even though they might be small. Mm. Right? Because it's, it's, it's more important to have that one person that will talk about your music to 10 friends than to have 100 people that only listen to your song once. Mm. right so those guys will become your advocates man you don't have to pay them it's free marketing for you and it's the best kind of marketing because word of mouth and there's a lot of influence right there Mm. so focus on your fans man because the more you you treat them well the more they would likely to promote you as well to their friends and then you know it's
0: Mm. like a thing
1: that cascades down
0: snowball effect Mm. or whatever
1: yeah so if you're indie I think fans are your main marketing tools
0: Mm. don't
1: don't come up with like a fancy plan you cannot execute you know or like a fancy plan that's like oh yeah I'm doing this and this and this and this and then when you look at the results yeah I got like 12 people to <laughs> click on my link or something so true or like 10 people participated in my dance challenge mm. um, why are you wasting that kind of effort just connect with that like, one guy who's always liking your post or always commenting on your post and asking him what the fuck do you like about my music what can I do for you would you like to meet me on you know <laughs> Zoom calls I mean, you know you know what I mean like yeah it's up to you how you wanna how you wanna do it, but I think those are your most valuable promotional assets, right? And they're free.
0: Mm, they okay. really, they
1: like you. You don't have to pitch to them. Yeah.
0: yeah, that is a very interesting perspective. So, on the last episode, when I asked Jim mm. what his best advice was, he was like saying, "Have a good plan." Mm. But I think, as you said, sometimes that can be counterintuitive to have soup. Like, you don't want to go overboard and do something that you honestly can't achieve by yourself Mm. or like something that's just not going to resonate with your fans so do an achievable plan if possible do a good one Mm. but don't go overboard and also engage deeply with the audience that you already have because they're your best chance of growing it
1: yeah exactly and your plan should focus on your audience already right
0: yeah it should all come together Mm. what was that I learned in marketing class Integrated marketing communications, synergy, yeah, create synergy.
1: <laughs> yeah, so yeah, those are, I, I guess that's like organic organic tips for growth, right? Mm. It's, it's much easier to convince somebody that already likes you to help spread the word for you than somebody that's totally new and then you get them on the Fuck, is this what I'm on the feed, right?
0: Yeah, but I feel like social media algorithms have been getting increasingly good at knowing what I want mm. <laughs> better than before now they're like pushing me like all these diaspora well, actually
1: artists. that's that's the other thing that I would also encourage really thanks for bringing that up for mm-hmm. um, independent artists as well um, understanding the importance of metadata and how it relates to platforms
0: what
1: does that mean? So, metadata meaning the text and the, mm. the, the information that you key in, right? So, for example, when you put in a track into, like, the belief system
0: mm-hmm. or any other
1: system, if you upload a track to Tinko or whatever,
0: mm-hmm.
1: your genre, what's the genre, what's the mood, you know, that kind of feels, right? Mm-hmm. people are searching for your song, are they going to be searching for that kind of tags? Mm. That should also be, that's, that's, that's very important to understand as well, because mm. that helps the algorithm.
0: Yeah. Right. It helps the
1: algorithm surface your content the people are searching for it.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Right. And the the thing about algorithms are, they are all data, right? And the one rule uh, in data that I've always heard is shit and shit out. So a data algorithm is just a process. Right. right? It's just a code that's there. Yeah. Right? If you give him shit, he's gonna give you back shit, right? So okay. if you give him good stuff then the good stuff will come back, right? So if oh. your metadata tags are all over the place Okay Nothing's gonna come back to you right? But if your metadata text And everything else is there Your algorithm will Determine that Okay I've, There's so many searches And blah 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 So <laughs> maybe it's trending Then you surface your track To the top or something
0: like that. Oh So no, this that's is... why
1: it's important That's why it's also important To upload it early Into the system So the fucker Can start learning first Before your song Even gets released
0: Oh! it
1: takes time for the machine to learn as well right Like mm-hmm. he has to scan the song and then he has to determine which genre and stuff eh? and they have like code, they have scripts and stuff that they can tell you like, oh this is the BPM of the song mm-hmm. this is where it peaks this is where it dips Oh you know, this is the tempo this is the mood and they have like certain they look at the waves and they're like okay I think this must be whatever genre mm,
0: well that is very very <coughs> micro <laughs> I never thought about it like yeah. that yeah but I think it's it goes back to just, like, communication, right? Because, for example, if you're looking at what publicists do, publicists, why why do publicists write good press releases? It's because they just want platforms to take that press release and put it out, and then the, the communication will be, like, the same or, like, similar on all the channels, right? So I guess that's kind of the same with anywhere, any other platform that you're putting your music out on, right? It has to all be coordinated, and it... Probably it doesn't have to be exactly the same on all, but
1: as you said, shit in, shit out. Yeah, shit in, shit out. Right? <laughs> and the other thing as well is like algorithms, right? Uh, all these platforms now have uh, these machine learning things and the AI and all that other stuff, right? Mm. So what do you think helps the algorithm determine whether your track is successful or not, whether you're a successful artist, whether you're trending or not, right? So that, that's why you have to ask your fans to engage on the platform as well. Add my song to your, like, to your playlist or you know, just stream my song on the platform, and follow me on Spotify, stuff like that, right? So if if a fan follows you on Spotify, the first benefit you get is every time oh, yeah. you release a new release, that would surface on their page because they follow you. Wow. So yeah, metadata is very important. Getting your audience to engage the algorithm is also very important.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: If you're using a platform like TikTok or Facebook or you know any social media, even on Spotify actually, if you use their native tools. To help you generate the content, also that feeds into the algorithm, right? Mm. So if you do artist pick, right? If you do, uh, 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 if you link your shit to Songkick, I think, and that shows up to your concerts on Spotify. Yeah. And you can put virtual concerts. that feeds data into the algorithm yeah. as well. For TikTok, you do a video and then you you do it with I don't know Adobe Premiere or something and then you cut it out in seconds, upload it straight to TikTok. As compared to the video that you use a TikTok filter, you use TikTok effects and all that other stuff that is created solely on TikTok which mm. one do you think the algorithm is going to surface obviously the one that promotes their own tools right yeah so there you go it's very important
0: <laughs> mm. wow but going back to um, the metadata and like putting that metadata into belief backstage which metadata in specifically are you talking about like the met- like just like the artist names yeah, yeah artist names just all accurate, that kind
1: of stuff. You know? uh, your genres should be accurate okay um, RSRCs your UPCs and everything yeah. Uh, artist names so you know if you, because the thing is it's it's all gone through a, a delivery feed right mm-hmm. so if you misspell the artist name it's going to create a new artist profile for you and it's right, going right, to have that right. song into the other artist profile yeah. and then,
0: it's going to be a bitch, <laughs> it's gonna be a bitch.
1: <laughs> exactly man and on YouTube as well YouTube uses the same mm-hmm. algorithm um, as mm-hmm. Google does with the SEO searches so you know on Google on YouTube when you upload a video there are tags that you can put in right so mm. those text should contain all the words that your fans will be searching for to find your video. So they should also include misspellings of your band name and stuff like that.
0: Oh. oh
1: there's yes. a couple of points that I actually wanted to mention but I didn't get to put in, I guess. Um, um, one is, if you depend on a DSP for your plan to succeed, then you have already failed.
0: <laughs> if you depend on a DSP for your plan to succeed, then you Okay. Oh, that is a very interesting point. Yeah. yeah I, I definitely believe in that because I think a lot of I see some artists who... Obviously, they put no work in, and that's terrible. But I see some artists who put all their expectations onto either the one particular DSP, or maybe they put all of their attention and their focus onto digital streaming, mm. and then they don't do anything else. Yeah. And I feel like... I don't know if that's worse, but it's pretty bad because it... Number one, it puts press, unnecessary pressure on this partner. Like, it shouldn't... the you shouldn't be putting all your undivided attention onto them and number two you're definitely going to be disappointed and number three if you only put your um, if you only put your attention on this particular part of the music business then as you said like where are people going to go to tell to, to find your story because they're not just streaming is just one way that people can find your music and then after they find your music where are they going to go yeah right
1: so if the person fancies your song and he wants to establish a deeper connection with you yeah what have you got set up to capture that, right? Mm. So if you have nothing set up, then that's a wasted dude, man. So he's going to probably be those that listen to your song one time and then forget about you because I don't know how you look like, I don't know what your story yeah. is, I you know you have this one song that I like.
0: Yeah, and I think um, that goes back to, like, marketing and, like, engagement, right? It's like a sales funnel.
1: <laughs> it is, I guess, but, you know... Um, you can choose to do it you can choose not to do it mm-hmm. right? but I think everybody's doing it so if you don't do it then
0: you miss out you are kind of losing
1: out but right? I mean it's up to you right like, mm-hmm. nobody can force you to do anything I suppose
0: alright so that was a very insightful conversation especially about um, metadata how artists can kind of um, communicate their stuff properly to the platforms and also like a real, a really good deep dive into Southeast Asian music market which I feel like Not many people focus on. Thanks so much, Tim, Mm -hmm. for being here. Um, I hope you
1: understood my ramblings.
0: I did. I probably have a lot of editing to do, (laughs) but that's fine. It's all part of the job. Anyway, thank you so much for being here. No problem. I'll see you in the office sometime. (laughs) All right, bye. All right. The Level Up podcast is brought to you jointly by Blossoming Bridge Creative and Asian Pop Weekly be sure to follow on our socials at asian pop weekly and also check out our website if you're looking for more mandarin or asian music content if you like what you're hearing on this podcast be sure to like subscribe and follow and we'll see you on the next one